Today is November 18th, 2023. Welcome to Read Through the New Testament. And hey guys, I have some friends. Uh, what are your names? Thatcher. Piper. Cora. Cora. And how old are you guys? I'm 13. I'm 7. I'm 10. You're 10. And uh, what school do you go to? Rafa Christian Middle School. Thurgood Marshall. Rockford Christian Elementary School. Yep, and these are friends of mine from church, and uh, Thatcher, Piper, and Cora, and they're going to be reading for us. So I'm going to start. We're going to read today uh, Mark chapter 8, and then 1 Corinthians chapters 8 and 9. Mark chapter 8, verses 1 through 21, and we saw uh, recently in chapter 6 about Jesus feeding the 5,000, and now we see Jesus feeding the 4,000. In those days, when again a great crowd had gathered and they had nothing to eat, he called his disciples to him and said to them, I have compassion on the crowd because they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint on the way. And some of them have come from far away. And his disciples answered him, How can one feed these people with bread here in this desolate place? And he asked them, How many loaves do you have? They said, Seven. And he directed the crowd to sit down on the ground, and he took the seven loaves, and having given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples and set them before the people, and they set them before the crowd. And they had a few small fish, and having blessed them, he said that these also should be set before them. And they ate and were satisfied, and they took up the broken pieces left over, seven baskets full, and there were about 4,000 people. And he sent them away, and immediately he got into the boat with his disciples and went to the district of Dalmanutha. Okay, Thatcher's going to read. Here you go, verse 11 through 13. The Pharisees came and began to argue with him, seeking, seeking from him a sign from heaven to test him. And he sighed deeply in his spirit and said, Why does this generous generation seek a sign? Truly, I say to you, no sign will be given to this generation. And he left them, got into the boat again, and went to the other side. Okay, now Piper's going to read 14 through 17. Now they had forgotten to bring bread, and they had only one loaf with them in the boat. And he cautioned cautioned them, saying, Watch out, beware of the leaven, the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they begin discussing. Using with one, discussing. discussing with one another the fact that they had no bread. And Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Do you not perceive of understand? Are your hearts hardened? Verse 18, Cora. Having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember, when I broke the five loaves for the f- 5,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? They said to him, Twelve. And the seven for the 4,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? And they said to him, Seven. And he said to them, Do you not yet understand? Okay. The feeding of the 4,000, that's the first half of your summary for chapter 7. And now we're going to read from 1 Corinthians. Uh, We're going to read chapters 8 and 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. 
again, now remember, right, chapters one through six are problems and solutions, and chapters seven through 15 are questions and answers. And so apparently they asked him questions about food offered idols, and so that's what he responds with, and that's what chapter eight and nine really deals with, particularly eight, food offered idols, and nine is more ministry. Here we go, 1 Corinthians chapter eight, verse one. Now concerning food offered to idols, we know that all of us possess knowledge. This knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. If anyone imagines that he knows something, he does not yet know as he ought to know. But if anyone loves God, he is known by God. Therefore, as to the eating of food offered to idols, we know that an idol has no real existence and that there is no God but one. For although there may be so-called gods in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are God, are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is one God, the Father, from whom we are all things and for whom we exist, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things and through whom we exist. However, not all apostles possess, possess this knowledge, but some through former Association Association with idols eat food as really offered to an idol and their con- conscience conscience being weak is defilled. Food will not command as to us to God. We are no worse off it if we do not eat, and no better off if we do. But take care that this right of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to this the weak. For if anyone sees you have knowledge, eating is in an idol's temple will not be encouraged. If his concession is weak to eat food offered to idols, and so your knowledge this weak person is destroyed, the brother for whom Christ died. Thus, sinning against your brothers and wounding their concession, conscience, conscience, when it is weak, you you sin against Christ. Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never eat meat, lest I make my brother stumble. Yep, and there's food offered to idols, and uh, basically it says if it causes others to stumble, don't eat. And that's really the summary of verse 13. Okay, so Cora's going to begin reading in chapter 9, where Paul just speaks about uh, his rights for ministry, what he's free to do. Am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus our Lord? Are not you made workmanship in the Lord? If to others I am not an apostle, at least I am to you. For you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. This is my defense to those who would exam me. Do we not have the right to eat and drink? Do we not have the right to take along a a believing wife? As do the other apostles and brothers of the Lord are set and Cephas. And Cephas. Or is it the only Barnabas and I who have not the right to refrain from working or living? 
who serves a soldier on his own expense, who plants a vineyard without eating any of its fruit, or who tends a flock without getting some of the milk. Do I say these things on human authority? Does not the law say the same? For it is written in the law of Moses, you shall not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain. Is it for oxen that God is concerned? Does he not certainly speak for our sake? It was written for our sake because the plowman should plow in hope and the thresher thresh in hope of sharing the crop. If we have sown spiritual things among you, is it too much if we reap material things from you? If others share this rightful claim on you, do we not even more? Nevertheless, we have not made us made use of this right, but we endure anything rather than put an obstacle in the way of the gospel of Christ. Do you not know that those who are employed in the temple service get their food from the temple, and those who serve in the altar share in the sacrificed offerings? In the same way, the Lord commanded that those who proclaim the gospel should get their living by the gospel. But I have made no use of any of these rights, nor am I writing these things to secure any such provision. For I would rather die than than have anyone. Deprive. Deprive me of my ground for boasting. For if I preach the gospel that gives me no ground for boasting, for necessity is laid upon me, woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. For I, if I do this of my own will, I have a reward, but if not of my own will, I am still entrustened with a stewardship stewardship what then is my reward that in my preaching i may present the gospel free of charge so as not to make full sense use of my right in the gospel For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. To the Jews I became as a Jew. In order to win Jews, to those under the law I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law I became one on the outside the law, not to being outside of the law, of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those who outside the law. To the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do it for all the sake of the gospel, that I may share with them in its blessings. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others I myself should be disqualified. So chapter 8 deals with... um, 
um, eating food sacrificed to idols and the freedom that you have to do that. But if it causes someone to stumble, you don't. And Paul, in chapter 9, speaks about the freedom he has in ministry. But he understands that if he um, he's free to not do what he is free to do. And so it just talks about his freedom in ministry. But he always bends for people. He just says, I do all things for all people that by all means I may save some. Well, thanks for joining us, guys. And uh, we will see you all in class on Tuesday. Okay, bye-bye. Bye.